In today's episode of Not So Vanilla, we do discuss mental health. If you are having your own mental health struggles, please contact your GP or research the mental health hotlines I have included in the show notes. Also, Not So Vanilla is an R18 plus podcast, so if you are 18 or under, please avert your ears. Welcome to another episode of Not So Vanilla. I'm your host, Chloe, and this is the place, the open space, where you and I can discuss the not-so-traditional ways of living your most authentic life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not So Vanilla. We are up to episode four this week. Gosh, almost a whole month of not being very vanilla. Love it. Oh, God, what a what a couple of weeks. Maybe three weeks, actually. It has been – oh, sorry, don't mind Theo in the background. He's doing this thing where he rolls around on the couch, scratches pillows, and makes these little snorting noises. So – Apologies if you can hear that in the background. Um, anyway, the last couple of weeks, my God, emotional roller coaster, some really intense highs, lots of the feelings, and then some real lows, I guess. Um, you know, I've had a bit of some negative, uh, negative issues I've had to deal with over the past few days. And I, my God, I've just had like a couple of, pretty down days, um, which I think are just due to a large accumulation of things, which just all became a little bit too much for me. And I kind of had a bit of a meltdown, but here we are. I am okay. Um, But I'm just being real with you guys because look, it was honestly one of those down days. I binge ate, I Netflix, I could knock it off the couch, I cried on the floor, I sat in the bath for over an hour, I had a candle going, some meditation music, I crawled into bed, I masturbated because orgasms fix everything, right? Um, and then I passed out, I woke up, I cried again on the floor, then I took about an hour to be really introspective and think about everything, process it all and move through it. Eventually, after about one and a half days of feeling like absolute rat shit, I got up very slowly and started to get back into living um, and feeling a bit more normal. But wow, it was just like, I haven't had a day like that for a very long time, to be completely honest, but it threw me. But um, look, I'm obviously, as I said, I'm okay. Um, Things are fine. I don't have any major things going wrong in my life, but it was just, yeah, I don't know. I I guess I'm sharing this is because um, no one really has it all together, even though you think they do. So, you know, this is this episode, this podcast is all about being authentic and that's just what I want to be with you all. So some things I learned from going through a very small episode like that is no one's responsible for you feeling better. No one is there to fix any issues you're going through. You're responsible for fixing yourself. You can have all the support in the world, but sometimes you don't have the strength to reach out to anyone. And that's no one's fault. You just might need to be completely alone to process whatever you're going through. Bad feelings do pass. Talking to yourself in the mirror really works. (laughs) Sitting and just being still can be very calming and you can do it for hours. Crying is exhausting. And sometimes you just need to stop. As I said, everyone, I share this because none of us really have it all together. We all have our own shit we're dealing with. We all have dark days. We all have struggles, issues, where days, even weeks where we're not our best self. And it can be really hard to feel that you're alone in that. But you need to remember that you never are really truly alone. Even if it feels like you have no one to turn you turn to because you think you're the only person crying on the ground late at night with snot running down your face, 
I can assure you, you're not. Your neighbor might be going through the exact same thing as you. It's like if they could shine a torch on every single house in the world where someone was going through some kind of depressive state or sad moment and all these torches lit up all these people across all these different houses and we all looked up, we reached out, we held hands in one big circle and said, we're not alone, you're not alone, I'm not alone. Imagine how magical that would be. Anyway, since this little episode, I reevaluated what this this episode would actually be about. Initially, I was going to do a bit of a follow-on from the BDSM episode last week, but then I thought I'm just going to be more in line with what I'm currently processing and going through um, and make it more relatable to that because this podcast is all about being authentic, so here we are. Um, You know, we can talk about BDSM anytime, and I can assure you it will always be a lot of fun. But today we're going to talk about asking for what you want. More specifically, asking for what you want in the bedroom. Understanding what gets you off. What gives you pleasure? What do you like? And how do you feel comfortable asking someone to get you off doing what you like? And not feeling embarrassed, ashamed, awkward, too hard, too much work or anything like that. Just being confident or comfortable to say, hey, this is what I like, this is how you do it, let's get each other off together. So let's get into it, shall we? Okay, asking for pleasure. I honestly don't think I started doing this until I was in my late 20s and I think it was very much that when we were teenagers and we first started having sex, um, It, I don't know if things have changed now a little bit um, for teenagers but I know certainly for me uh, it really just wasn't talked about how women get pleasure in sex it was just kind of assumed that you would like sex and it would be great um and it was all about just like losing your v and um getting with a guy and just having like it was just sex was just sex like there was no like talking about g-spots or how to stimulate the clitoris and things like that like it just wasn't really a thing um you know (laughs) i think we all all have experienced the infamous line of did you come and well as I say if you had to ask mate she didn't and that is generally what happens but of course because I know me personally being a people pleaser and a lot of other people out there we might just lie about that just to make it a bit easier less awkward honestly I would just someone say I would sometimes say yes because I wanted it to end which is sad in two ways sad that I didn't enjoy it enough to want to keep going and get off and sad because I thought it was too too hard to make me come it was there was too much hard work involved um, for me to have a have an orgasm uh, I think there is one person in my life who has said I've never faked an orgasm honestly I salute you because I've faked plenty I was once in an entire relationship this is really really sad I faked every single vaginal orgasm because I was too self-conscious and afraid to talk about what I liked what like and how I got pleasure and I was just yeah I, I would I remember I'd be having sex and um, I would just fake an orgasm because I'm like oh my god I'm not having an orgasm yet we've been going for so long like I'm, I'm just too much hard work like he he wants to finish it's fine we'll just finish and it's all good man when you think about it like that it's what are we doing like why <laughs> why was I such a people pleaser? Like, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we not put ourselves first? Why are we not a little bit more selfish? 
Why do we feel bad about asking for what we want in the bedroom? Oh, honestly, it's just, oh, anyway, look, you can look back on it as much as you want and, you know, feel so upset and sad for your poor little selves that didn't have some fun little orgasms. But as I always say, we live and we learn and we are here and we are moving forward. It's crazy to think that, you know, I wanted to make someone happy and please someone so much that I sacrificed my own pleasure. Um, and look, honestly, it's no fault of theirs. When you think about it, the other person, I didn't communicate it. Maybe they didn't, I don't know, maybe it wasn't a safe enough space to talk about it. Who knows? But, you know, there's there's two um, there's two people responsible for these kind of things. And um, I could have I could have definitely voiced it, but I just didn't feel comfortable. Or I didn't feel feel um, confident enough to do that. So, yeah, let's um, talk about how we today we're going to talk about how we can overcome those kind of obstacles. So what is it that we need to figure out? What is it that we like? You know, what does give us an orgasm? Um, you know, we need to understand ourselves. We need to learn how our bodies tick, like what kind of porn do you need to watch? Do you even need to watch porn? Do you need to think about certain fantasies or scenarios? Um, you know, do some exploration. Like, do you even know what you look like down there? Oh God, it feels so weird talking about this because like, well, not weird, but we just don't talk about it enough. Um, and I know growing up, like we just didn't, you know, like, have you got a mirror and put it down at your vagina? Like, do you, do you know what it all looks like down there? How it all operates? Do you know where your G-spot is? I certainly didn't know where my G-spot is until I was well into my twenties. Um, and yeah, do you, do you know how to masturbate? Do you know how to, you know, get yourself off and look, you know, of course, it's easier said than done. Um, and as I said, I'm not a sex expert. Um, but what I do know is that the more time you spend trying to figure out what makes you tick, um, the more in tune you'll be with your own body. Okay. So who plays with toys? (laughs) I know I do, but honestly, it took me a while to get there. I definitely didn't, um, venture out and buy myself a dildo when I was, you know, 18. I, probably didn't get my first vibrator until again, my late twenties. Um, you know, I, I just didn't explore that, that world. I didn't really understand too much about it. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm just hooking up with guys and that's all I need to be doing. I don't need to think about myself too much, but I'm really glad I overcame that obstacle. And now I have my little array of sex toys that get me off every time guaranteed. Um, but (laughs) I would say when I first started actually uh looking into what kind of toys I would like I um I was seeing this guy at the time who my friends like to refer to as Mr Bag of Dicks um (laughs) now he's referred to this because um look we were seeing each other for a bit it was just like a very much a casual sex kind of scenario hookups booty calls that kind of thing um and I remember we were hooking up one night, uh, was just at his house, had some drinks, fooling around. Anyway, we're lying on the bed and he pulls out this bag and I'm like, oh, what's in the bag? Going to have some fun tonight? Anyway, opens the bag and I kid you not, there was at least five dildos in there, definitely more maybe. And they were all different shapes and sizes. And I was like, oh shit, okay, guess we're going there. Like no holding back now, I'm here, like why not? And so I thought, if this guy has a bag of dicks, I better get myself a vibrator at least. 
Now, as I've been saying that, I've realized I, I did have a little toy back in the day when I was about 21. Um, oh, God, this is so cringe. I was with a boyfriend of um, a boyfriend at the time and we watched that movie, The Ugly Truth. And, you know, she has that G-string with the vibrator on it. It has that remote. And, you know, there's that scene, if, you have, if you've seen the movie, where they're in the restaurant and she's sitting at the table and she's wearing the panties with the vibrator in there and this kid has like a remote and he's playing it and she has this like massive orgasm at the table. And so my um, boyfriend was like, oh, my God, we need to get that. And, like, you need to wear that G-string with the vibrator and we'll, you know, we'll do it in public and it'll be really hot. Anyway, so we buy this um, G-string and we're on holiday up the Gold Coast and I put it on and I put on this little vibrator and we go out to a supermarket. <laughs> Honestly, the biggest fail of my life. It was not it was not legit. Like it was not like the movie at all. I had this stupid G string on, which was uncomfortable in the first place, had this little vibrator in it. And it wasn't even like touching my clitoral area. It was just like touching the outside of my vagina. So it wasn't even doing anything. Um, but of course me being a 21 year old and an absolute people pleaser, of course I had to pretend that it was like the hottest thing in the world. I didn't have to pretend, but you know, I just felt that that was the cool thing for me to do. So my boyfriend is there in the supermarket was we're at the um, checkout and he's got this fucking remote and he's like standing there, like looking all smug. Cause he's like, yeah, I'm going to go for an off here. Like this is real fucking hot. And she's like, he's like clicking the remote. And then I'm there like at the register feeling nothing being like, this is bullshit. But then of course put on my little acting face. I'm like, Oh my God, like it's so hot. Like definitely like I'm going to orgasm soon. This is all obviously done through like sex eyes. Like we were at a checkout, like I couldn't verbally say this, but I'd be like looking back at him and like giving him this look of like, Oh my God. Yeah. You're turning me on so much. Like I'm definitely going to get off with these weird panties. <sighs> definitely nothing happened. Um, I told him, Oh my God, that was so hot. Like I definitely nearly had an orgasm, but I definitely did not like, Oh God, just, so cringe when I think about that, but such a fail. Um, but anyway, look, we we uh, we moved past that, and now I have as a great little selection of toys. So I um, I got this little bullet thing, which was fine. Like it was um, you know good for a bit of uh, exploration. But the winner for me has to be the womanizer. God damn, it gets me off every single time. It's like multiple orgasms in a row so if you are looking for a really great vibrator it's like um what do you call it it's like a vacuum <laughs> that sounds really hectic um it's <laughs> like this vacuum air thing that um goes on your clitoris and it um like it vacuums the air and look there's different levels that you can put it on like you can put it on like really soft you can put it on really hard and it's like these really intense orgasms so if you get off on clitoral stimulation, I highly recommend it. It's the Womanizer. I'll put the link in the show notes for you to go buy it because honestly, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Okay, so I think look when it's when you're trying to figure out what works for you, um, it's obviously going to be very different for every single person. But I think what the most important thing is is that you just take the time to figure it figure it out for yourself by yourself and you know, don't be ashamed of what you might be turned on by. I think there's so much, um, there can be so much judgment out there as to what is weird, what's, um, you know, what people should be turned on by, what people shouldn't be turned on by. Um, like obviously we want to keep it all legal here guys, but, um, you know, there's so many kinks out there. There's so many 
fetishes um, and fantasies that people can get involved in. And I've always had the opinion that, um, look, we've all got our little, we've all got our little kinks. We've all got our little fetishes. There's no need to judge anyone on what gets them off. Um, you know, try to, I think it's more about creating a safe space and saying, look, you know, this might really get you off, but it's not really my thing that I, but I appreciate that you find that you find that hot. It's like, um, I don't know, people with a foot fetish, <laughs> definitely not my thing, but I, I, you know, I appreciate it. You know, good for you. If you like feet, if that's your thing. Like you figure out that that's your kink, like run with that, go with it. I think, um, you know, the world's it's a massive world out there there's so many areas and things you can explore like um if you figure out what gets you off and what turns you on then that's great like why pretend that something else is going to turn you on when it doesn't and then you don't have an orgasm and you don't enjoy sex or whatever um sexual um activity that you're doing you know what's the point of doing it if you're not enjoying it and you're not going to um, get some kind of pleasure out of it you know i don't really understand that you know there's so many resources out there to figure out what what turns you on and something that i think is a really great way of figuring it out is actually talking about it um so if you have a, a partner or if you're you know dating someone or even just with your friends you know having a conversation around sex and what their experiences have been what they've liked what's turned them on it might just ignite a little spark in you as you're talking you know you might be sitting there you get that little feeling down in your down in that little area you get a bit of a fire down there and you're like oh i think i like that i think i might explore that i think i might look into that a little bit further so you know if um you know you find yourself scrolling through porn and you're not really getting finding anything that um is getting you there try and have a conversation with someone because the more you learn about all the different types of kinks and things that turn people on the more you'll find out about what's out there masturbation is a great thing um I do it almost daily and I know a lot of people actually that um, masturbate almost daily and it's very much, um, you know, it, it makes you feel, well, I think for me, it makes me feel more in tune with my body, uh, more connected. Um, I know people do it. Yeah. It's like part of like a ritual that they do. Um, I think the danger is to become like reliant on it um, because, you know, if you masturbate every single day, um, because you're doing it just because of habit. I think you can, um, it can become dangerous in a way that not dangerous, like, you know, orgasms are never going to be dangerous, but it will just, it could potentially get to a point where it might be harder for you to orgasm or you don't, um, get stimulated or pleasured from things as easily as you, as you usually do, because you're like, so, um, what's the word when you're like overstimulated or, um, you become, uh, what's the thing when you like see some, see too much of something and then you, not immune, I, what, whatever, whatever that word is, you know what I'm getting at. Um, desensitize. That's it. Um, you desensitize yourself to it. So, um, definitely if you don't, if you are someone that does it quite regularly and you feel like, oh, I'm just going to masturbate today because it's a habit and I'm bored, try to do something else. Um, try to masturbate when you're feeling in the mood and you're feeling horny, um, because, that's when it's really going to feel satisfying for you. Um, it might not be as satisfying if you're just doing it because you're bored or something like that. That again, just my own experience. Um, I went through a phase where I 
religiously masturbated every day for like two months because I was trying to, I was going through like some, some like shitty phase and um, it was, you know, helping me get to sleep, um, doing it every night. And then I'm like, oh my God, I can't be reliant on having an orgasm to get to sleep. Like, what is this? So I stopped for a while, like, you know, made myself cold turkey. And then, um, then I got back into the, I guess, momentum of doing it when I um, felt like it and when it was enjoyable. So massive promoter of masturbation. Um, that's Theo again in the background. He's literally snoring and I'm so sorry guys, if you can hear it, but anyway, um, masturbation, um, great, uh, great to do for just feeling good about yourself, um, and understanding how your body ticks. Right. So the next piece is, okay, great, Chloe. So I figured out my body if you're lucky enough to, um, you know, there's plenty of people out there that haven't um, quite got there and, you know, I um, I hope that we start to talk more about it and there are more resources and people that others can turn to to get help with this kind of thing because, you know, feeling good about having sex and getting pleasure and pleasured by someone is really important. You know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day um, over coffee and she was talking about how um, – when women have a one night stand and you know there's that whole thing of um when a man and woman have sex for the first time women an emotional um chemical release um happens to women but it doesn't really happen to men um so women feel um this emotional connection uh when they have sex for the very first time with someone and look people can be like oh i just I just fuck people and I don't feel anything. Like I've definitely had that kind of um, stance before, but it's science that we literally emit this like chemical um, when we have sex with someone for the first time or when we have sex at all, I think. Um, and so when we have, when women have, sorry, I kind of digress there. When women have this one night stand, um, they, we release this, um, this emotional chemical and then you know, the one night stand happens, you never hear from the person again. And, you know, sometimes you just get that like shitty feeling where you're like, oh, like that wasn't great or I'm not sure about that. Um, it's even worse if you haven't got pleasure out of that and if you've purely just done a one night stand where you've pleased the other person and you haven't got anything out of that or you haven't felt that you were able to ask for what you wanted. Like I think that's a pretty depressing thought to think about that. I know I've definitely been in that situation. One night stands where I've pretty much got nothing out of it, um, except being a bit sad and rejected and questioning my choices the next day. So, you know, I think once you understand what works for you um, and what you like, you can go into a one night stand and say, yeah, I know exactly what this is, but if we're going to have a one night stand, we're going to do it properly and we're both going to get off. And this is how you can get me off. <laughs> like it's a two way street here. It's not just about one person. Okay. Um, so look, let's, um, let's get into how you can comfortably ask someone or show someone how to give you pleasure. Right. So now we're getting to the point where we are going to ask someone to get us off. <laughs> um, now, I think as women, 
Lionel certainly for me. Uh, historically, we um, always have thought that we're perhaps too much work or it's too hard to make us orgasm. It takes too long for us to get there. So it's just too much of an effort. And we're not going to bother this person by asking them that like, oh my gosh, that's just too awkward and too much. I'm not going to do that, especially on a one night stand. Like they might think I'm way too forward or full on and they're never going to, they're really never going to talk to me again, but no, that's not what we're going to do anymore. We're going to ask for what we want. So um, you'll find as well that people that you sleep with, men, women, whoever, they want you to have a good time. They want you to be pleased. People love giving each other orgasms. Like, you know, when <laughs> I'm sure that you've slept with a guy, woman or whoever, and when they, even if you've faked it and they think that you've got, they've got you off, they get immense pleasure out of that. So people want you to enjoy having sex with them. And if they don't, and they're just there for themselves and they're an absolute dick and you don't need to be having sex with them anyway, we do not need that energy. Goodbye. Um, so yeah, it's in your best interest to educate someone that you're sleeping with on how to make you feel good. And even if you're someone that hasn't quite got to a point where you uh, can orgasm or you know how to make yourself orgasm, I'm sure there are things that you still like that you can still ask them to do. So let's talk about how we do that. Okay, conversations. God, I love talking. Love a good DM. Love sitting down with someone and just going, let's get into it. Let's get under the skin. Like, what do we really want here? <laughs> it's hot. I'm getting hot thinking about it. Um, <laughs> it's so, it can be such a hot conversation, you know. I like I just got a little bit worked up there. Um, so look, you know, you might have gone on a let's let's think of a scenario, right? So I don't, you know, go on some sidetrack. You've gone on a date with someone, okay? Um, let's use the one night stand thing as an example, okay? Because we're on that, we've been on that path a little bit. So you've gone out for drinks, had some wine, feeling pretty good. You know, you get back to one of one of each other's houses, and you know things start to get a little bit steamy. You know, you, you've been hooking up, things are things are looking good. You're in heading in the direction of a hot one night stand. Now, I want you to take a pause sit down on the couch or on the bed and talk about what you want to do to each other. <laughs> Trust me, it's so hot. You guys will get turned on when you do this. Talk about what you like. Talk about what you want them to do to you. And then ask them what, you, what they want you to do to them. As we said, it's a two-way street. We both want to get each other off. And this isn't to pressure people into having to dirty talk. I think if someone said to you, okay, dirty talk me, that you can be like, oh my God, I can't dirty talk. Like, what do I say that I'm so put on the spot here? It's very different to talking about what you like. You know, you, you, you just picture it, you're sitting on a couch, you're holding a glass of wine, you're saying, I really like it if you touch me here, or if you put your tongue here, or if you put your, if you inserted, <laughs> if you inserted yourself like this, probably not like that. That sounds very like scientific. Um, I'm just trying to keep it a little bit like less R-rated on here. Um, but, you know, asking things to be done a certain way can be extremely erotic because you're talking about it, you're picturing it, and then they're picturing themselves doing it to you. So you don't need to worry about being dirty about it. Just talking about it is going to be a massive turn on. So have a little conversation on the couch. Talk a little bit about what you want to do to each other. You know, I'm sure you can figure out a little bit from there. You might put the glass of wine down. Someone might lean over, start getting, start getting into it. And then, you know, you might progress to the bedroom. You're in the bedroom. You start getting you start getting your clothes off. You get your kid off. Things are getting very steamy now. And, you know, you might have asked something about him going down on you. 
as he's going down on you. He might say something along the lines of, am I doing it right? Don't lie. If he's not doing it right, show him how to do it. So, okay, even before we get to him being in the action down there, and I'm just using man and woman here um, for this story. So before he even gets down there, what can be really helpful for people And this, you know, some people will be comfortable doing this. Some people will not. I totally get it. I highly recommend doing it though, because you can just show people, show someone. So masturbate in front of them. Do it. Honestly, just do it. Okay. If you masturbate in front of someone, they're literally watching what part of your body feels good and is going to get you off. So if you sit there and like, "Mm, maybe if you use your fingers like this on me, this will feel good. And so you're masturbating in front of them. You're getting turned on, they're getting turned on, and they're getting educated at the same time. Winning combo. Anyway, so so you've done your little masturbation piece. You've showed him exactly uh, where it feels good down there for you and what he needs to do. So he can then either start using his fingers exactly how you were doing it, and he could be be going really well. And you're like, yep, just keep doing it like that. Or if he needs to move his fingers, just ask him to move his fingers and, and guide him along. Then as he gets his mouth down there, if he's in the right spot, great. If he's not, use his, use your hand, move his head a little bit, like move it around exactly to where you need it to be. Um, why would you lie there being like, oh, yeah, this feels so good when he's not even in the right spot? <laughs> like guide him to the right spot. He thinks he's doing a great job, but he's probably not even like on the right part of your clitoris to give you that orgasm. And then you get to the big bit, you know, the sex. The sex. Um I think here, God, this is hard for everyone because, you know, not everyone comes from vaginal sex. Um, People come in different ways. So that's all about um, understanding what's going to work best for you. If you need a bit of clitoral stimulation, talk about that. Um, You know, I I, don't feel embarrassed if you have to use your fingers to engage your clitoris a little bit while you're having sex. Just be like, this is what's going to give me an orgasm. And they're like, okay, great, do that. So um, if you need a toy to use while you're having sex, great, do that. Whatever's going to get you off is going to make them feel good as well. So um, while you're having sex, talk about what positions you like. Um, Get in the positions that are going to make you feel good. Um, Encourage them on what feels good, what doesn't, what to do more of, what to do less of. Um, Of course, you don't want to be too, like you don't want to be like, no, do it like this, do it like that. As I said, it's all about guiding, telling people when they're doing something really well um, and when they can do less of something. Now, on top of all of this, God, it sounds so complicated just to get an orgasm. It's Look, it is. Let's be real. Like, as a woman, like, it can be pretty fucking hard to have an orgasm. So, but it's important. It's important that we, that we do this and that we look out for each other and that we get pleasure and that we make ourselves feel good. So, there. Anyway, um, of course, you want them to feel good as well. So it's a little bit of give and take. Um, so as much as they're giving a lot to you, you perhaps, you know, obviously want to know what works well for them. So if they've done some, if they've done something that feels really good for you, then maybe you can get into a position that isn't going to give you an orgasm, but you know will feel good for them. And then they might, then then they'll do something good for you. So always remember, as much as you're educating them, showing them how to get you off, it's always nice to give back a little bit as well. Um, I know we've been taken from a lot. Um, the countless faked orgasms in our lives, all of that. But, you know, we never want to be a full taker. You got to give a little, take a little, all of that. And look, sometimes you just might not get there. You might not get the orgasm. They might not, you guys might not be compatible, especially if it's a one night stand, you might just not get there. And that's okay as well. I think 
as long as people try to get you off and try to give you a good time and listen to you and understand what your needs and desires are, I think that's what's important. And as long as you know that you've gone into you've gone into this situation asking for what you want, putting your pleasure first and understanding that, okay, I might not get off tonight, but at least I asked for it. You will walk out of that situation feeling a million times better than going in there purely to please the other person. You'll also feel really bloody empowered. Like it is so liberating to go into a situation where you're having sex with someone and you can ask exactly for what you want and they try to deliver to you, they try to deliver it to you the best that they can, but you know that you've gone in there full guns blazing and you are confident in asking for your desires and your needs and you don't feel ashamed in what they are and you just own completely who you are. God, it feels good. Also on this, I think it's really important that if you engage with someone sexually and you talk to them about what you like and they judge you on that, do not let that affect you. That is not your problem. That is their problem and they are projecting any insecurities or fears that they have on that certain subject on you. And I think that um, it's, a, look, that can be really tricky. Like you could get really affected by that if, if you express a kink or a desire that you like and someone immediately judges you and was like, oh, my God, yuck, I'd never do that. Like, God, that oh, that's a slippery slope. And I haven't been in that situation Oh. I don't know. I feel like I've been in situations where I haven't voiced what I, what turns me on, but I know that the person there would probably judge me for it. So I haven't, I just haven't talked about it. Um, but as I said, it is not your problem and there is nothing wrong with you. If that person sits there and judges you on what you like, that's completely on them. Probably for me, um, was my bisexuality. Um, so for many, many years, uh, many, many years, I'm really not that old, 33, like get a grip. Um, for a while, I had this secret fantasy that I obviously wanted to be with a woman um, and a man, or I would be with a man um, and be talking about a woman. And um, I would never, ever express that because I just had this immense fear of being judged. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't talk about that. But then what I found is that I would be having sex with a man and I'd be thinking about a woman. And it just, and I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be authentic. Like I wouldn't be really getting like, I, I, you know, I'd get enjoyment out of it, but I was thinking of something else and I wasn't really in the moment and it just wasn't that great. Um, whereas now I'm in a, I'm in a space where I could be with a man, I could be having sex with a man and I could be thinking about a woman and I can talk about that. I can be, we can be having sex. Ooh, this is getting hot and steamy. Um, I could be having sex with someone and I could be talking about what I like about women and my experience with a woman while I'm with men. And hmm, I'm just going to say that uh, the man uh, that I did this with was pretty happy about that. Okay, well, on that note, <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, man, we, we went into it today. Uh, but I think, as I said, really important topics feeling good about yourself, what you like, what your desires are, and being confident to talk about that is an extremely liberating feeling. And we are all about being authentic here, owning our true selves and being real. So don't let anyone judge you. Walk out the door if they do. If you have some crazy kinks, absolutely own them. 
If you know what you like, own that as well. And if you don't know what you like, time to do some exploring. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Not So Vanilla. If you did enjoy today's episode, please give me a star rating on Spotify. It means so much and it really helps with the progress of the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. Enjoy being a little unconventional and let's chat next Wednesday.